Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you both, Steve and good, good morning. morning. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for summer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I um uh it, what an explosive day we have today for the Saturday matinee. It's oh. it's erupting with vitality and <laughs> 
excitement. <laughs> How are your movie lives? Good? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a busy week, so I... I got into a little Columbia Noir there uh, last night, but I I think it was Sunday. I'm trying to because the Discord stuff, It's I have these memories now where I don't know I can't distinguish between whether it's a conversation we had on Saturday or if it was discussion and debate that was happening on Discord because of the whole raunchy comedy thing with Booksmart. So I think I saw that on Sunday. I don't remember what day I saw it. <laughs> but I saw it. And I don't remember if I talked about it here or if it was just all that Fun discussion on Discord about yeah you had people. Seen it, yeah. That, okay, so yeah, so I did see it on Sunday and I loved it. Um, but I I got to get my kids out to see. It. I thought it was going away because the Harkins Theater, like they don't post like on on Tuesday. Still, you don't know what's going to be there on Friday, which is this whole like I want to buy advanced tickets for stuff and for some things I don't know. And so I thought it was gone because I when I looked for Friday, it was like one theater and way out somewhere that was it but now it's there so i they can go see it because so far tommy andy and i give it five stars i don't know that we're the target demographic for this movie but we love it i was gonna say who's who's it who's it for like is it what was the verdict after the the grand raunchy comedy poll is Booksmart a raunchy comedy or how young it's, a teen can see it's, it? it it's all in the eye of the beholder apparently on what makes things Raunchy. Yeah. I don't know. It was right. the. I, I think the was word there that, a verdict. I don't know if we came to a conclusion, but uh, no. Because it also like you know, is it only comedies that are raunchy? Can can a <laughs> can a straightforward film still be raunchy? Like I, I don't feel like we ever. Oh, I love a good raunchy horror movie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think no. I think raunchy yeah. uh, by the fact that raunchy is a comedic it's, word. I think it has to be associated with it's in the definition. Otherwise, the, the definition is earthy, it's earthy, sexy. vulgar, no. and often sexually oh, think, explicit. That's it. Now, earthy, yeah. earthy, vulgar, and sexually explicit. Yeah. I, wow. I've never, I mean, come on. Tell me you don't associate raunchy with pretty much just comedies. I do. Like, you don't yes. say, oh, that was such yes. a raunchy think, drama. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're gonna now because you defined it as <laughs> this is shaping my worldview a little bit. Explicit. I'm not kidding. Uh, it's <laughs> I know it's very interesting to kind of come to these conclusions. If we did learn anything from the poll, it's certainly you know Ferris Bueller, <laughs> not raunchy. The American Pie no. films are raunchy. Same with yeah. the Porky's films. Yes. There's something about Mary. Sing Street <laughs> is not raunchy. Uh, fast times street how did sing street get on the list (laughs) your people just could put what they wanted on the list fast times at ridgemont high uh that one i had a you know a few back and forths but i think mostly it came out yeah not raunchy um book smart uh did land on the um well let's see one person voted not raunchy for book smart and one person voted raunchy so so we didn't even vote steve I, the poll, it got weird because um, it, it, so much the stuff Wizard got put in there and I'm like, not people, <laughs> well, I think somewhere at the point, the word crass came out. And I think that, that is the piece that mm. for me is the pivot point on that. When you can, you can have humor around, you know, sexual subject matter, but it's how it's treated. And I think that's the thing when it's. Like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it's that's not a movie that's I guess crass or ridiculous or I don't, but it, it 
takes on that subject matter straightforward. There's there's humorous moments, but the way it treats that subject, it's still like very realistic as opposed to just, I don't know, like almost cartoonish clownishness. You know, when I think of things like Sausage Party or, you know, those types of things where it's crass, it's just in your face. And for me, Booksmart isn't that type of movie. Well, there's some pretty, I, guess, I mean, I, I voted on the raunchy side on it because there's certainly conversations. I see, I, there's a, sure, and I'm like, are. you know, it's, it's, it's definitely on the sexually explicit side of it's, things. And I mean, it's oh, yes, the sort of thing yes. that, you know, people who are uncomfortable with that are just going to not want to watch it or walk out because yeah. it, it, you know, for me, yeah. I would say it crosses the line. Not that, you know, I, I'm fine watching that. I don't have an issue, but still sure. I can see why some people would be uncomfortable <laughs> uh, and say, you know what, this isn't for me. Uh, so it's perfect for me right. and my 13 year old is what yes. you're telling me. Yes. <laughs> as long as you're sitting at opposite ends Nailed of the theater, it. because there, there will be awkward moments where, yeah, your teen will be like, I don't want to be near you while I'm watching. This. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Go sit different or, or sit a couple rows in, in front. So it's not like you're watching your child react to this movie. They can be seeing you, but they've got that buffer zone or cushion of like, you have no, you're not reacting to to them watching the movie to see what how much they're laughing at some things that you might not want them to be New aware of. Sanctioned next reel product: teen movie blinders, but they're really <laughs> for parents. You put them on just like they do for yes. horses, right? They just they allow yes. you to focus your attention just on the movie. Perfect for that yep. widescreen <laughs> aspect ratio, and yet you can see nothing to the left or right. Uh, TNR, TNR store today. <laughs> Isn't that how you watched, uh, what was it? What happened to Monday? Isn't that, didn't, weren't there blinders on where you were like, I, we're not Steve, looking at each other I'm so while glad we're you watching brought this it? up. No, this I, is the other way to watch this movie, uh, oh. where I just, my son, my son had, had the iPad. He had gotten distracted. Oh. And this was the, oh, you he know, got distracted. I mean, he was so into this game <laughs> that he was playing that he missed the explicit <laughs> sex going on on screen right above him. And I knew that if I well, touched the remote or paused it, then mm -hmm. he would notice. Yeah. And right. So right. I could, yeah. I was, I was paralyzed. I was absolutely paralyzed. I mean, when was that? That was he was probably eleven. I'm a terrible father. Terrible. So now, does does he know that he nope. missed out on this? Nope. I mean, is this something that's okay? Good because that's something that could be very scarring. He could get bullied at school for like, dude, your dad was watching like explicit sex stuff, and you didn't even look up to see it. One day, one day, I just know he's going to come in from school and just and, and just stare at me, just dad. Really, you know, I just feel like this moment is coming. It's, it's, it's going to be the same moment when you're when you were a kid and your parents walked in and you were watching a movie and they walked in on that one scene and they're like, "What are you oh my watching?" Gosh. And you like totally shocked. I swear that happened swear to me. It's just this one part. Uh, yeah, that happened to me so many times in high school because I worked at the video yeah. store. I would bring home things and it would be like <laughs> so. So my entire there, youth was, there was raunchy a, and yeah. crass. There, there you go. It's it's raunchy and crass. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's my. pretty good. There well, go. I we're you know we're gonna say we started. Uh, I I watched. I, I've started watching Game of Thrones season one with my daughter who has read all the books and everything. And and we did sit down last night and watch uh, episode two. And if you uh -huh. don't remember episode two, it's. <laughs> A very, very sexy episode uh, of there's there's a lot of um, 
Khaleesi sex in that episode. <laughs> if, you, if it's been a while since you've seen it. And there we are. So I had to, I had to go through. We're just sort of, um, diving right into that father daughter watching sexy stuff on screen together. And we made it through. We made it through. There was some, ooh. Ugh, really? And she likes that? So those are some selected <laughs> comments from my daughter. <laughs> See, I... No, I... That's not a thing, what? Pete. That's not what? a thing. <laughs> Father-daughter sexy no. time TV watching is <laughs> not a Steve, thing. This is why no. we get these inspirational products like the uh, movie blinders. This would have been perfect for me last sure. night. I need this. Why doesn't yes. it exist? TNR store immediately. No, see, there's things where you just say, you you should watch this. I don't want to be anywhere near you while you're watching this, but just let me know that you're watching it. And we can have a conversation afterwards because you know, because that's my comment to you is your daughter, ew, she likes that. <laughs> that's what she said. Like being in the room with you watching that? No. No. So, no, she's, there's no way she, she liked it at all. Nobody liked it. Of course no. we didn't. And in fact, I would be surprised this morning if we didn't take the gaslight approach. Wait, what, what's this Game of Thrones? I've never heard of that show. What'd you do last night? Kind of a thing. Uh, we'll see how the morning, it's still early. We'll see how it shakes she, out. She, she just won't make, she won't make eye contact with you at all. It's going to be like, Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a summer. <clears throat> Two episodes in, lots oh, more geez. to go. <laughs> uh, what kind of news do we have this morning? All oh, the only thing I brought is Marvel news. Uh, that's that's all I could obsess over. So, do we have anything non-Marvel to talk I about? I don't have anything. Go for oh, it because you were because of your oh. parade this morning. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, well, okay. The easy one. The easy bit of news is uh, if there's one thing that is more exciting to me right now than uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is weirdly not that that exciting to me right now. I, I want to be more excited for it, but I'm, I'm I'm not. It feels like there's just kind of one sort of ride and mostly it's very expensive things to buy. So I'm, I'm working to build my excitement. Then I read this. Disney finally gets permits to start building Marvel Land and it's <laughs> under construction. And now walls labeled Stark Industries have gone up all around where Heimlich's Choo Choo Train used to run. That's not going to be there anymore. Oh, sorry, sorry, Heimlich. <laughs> uh, the the uh, Bugs Life uh, is, is looks like it's going away. The Bugs Life effort. Uh, yeah, it was, and yeah. It was, no, it, was, it was for the best. It was for really little kids. It was a, yeah. you know, a very yes. young kid area. Yes. Uh, so lots of new things. And unlike the Star Wars effort, you go to Marvel Land, you're going to get some rides. You're going to get rides from Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and the Avengers. Uh, and so, uh, and that includes, uh, obviously, that's one that's already there, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Uh, which is essentially Tower of Terror with some new logos on it, I yeah. guess. I never yeah. really enjoyed that one, so um, I didn't. Well, didn't, you're wrong. I don't know what the change was. 
Uh, well, you're wrong. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Uh, so very excited to hear that this is happening. So who knows when it's going to, you know, they just, these things take years and years and years, but looks like it's very exciting. Going to start seeing lots of Avengers stuff happening as they the builds have launched. Now, the other thing, though, the other thing that I want to talk about. Did you guys see the uh the massive phase four leak uh about what's coming next in the mcu um have you seen I, this i heard that something had come out but i don't uh i didn't uh fully hear hear about all this so do tell well i'm gonna talk about it and so if you don't want to know the movies that are coming or any of the the things that are coming around just uh, skip to the next chapter because i'm gonna talk about it because i'm a very excited about it uh and a little bit italian <laughs> it turns out i'm <laughs> gonna have a spicy meatball okay so uh here's what we know that none of this is confirmed uh but it is a, a massive <laughs> insider leak apparently posted on reddit and so what do you think? Number one, Norman Osborn is expected to become the main antagonist in what they're calling the grounded MCU uh, and should appear in several movies beginning with Far From Home. Um, so that's very exciting. Norman Osborn is a character I like very much. Glad to see that he is moving from uh, into the MCU. What do we think about Norman Osborn? Do we love Norman Osborn? We didn't have any hint of him in the in the last Spider-Man film, did we? We did not. I don't yeah. believe we did. No. So it'll be, I mean, not, was there even Oscorp? Was there even like a building with Oscorp in? I'm trying to remember because I know the character wasn't there. I'm just trying to remember if Oscorp was a thing. And I just I'm totally blanking right now. I don't recall. And it'll be several years before we're able to peel it apart minute by minute to actually answer that question. So put a pin in that. Uh, but the other <laughs> okay. part of that rumor and the way they it looks like they're going to tie into the next phase. And part of the reason I imagine we have heard nothing about this so far is that it is Oscorp that is going to buy Tony's tower uh, now know. that the uh, post end game. Uh, oh, and so okay. uh, that is going to be the new uh, you know, cityscape landmark is this big Oscorp building. So that's very exciting. Um, we have Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt have several more movies in their contracts, uh, which I did not know this about Chris Hemsworth. I thought he was still uh, or he had moved to film to film negotiation, but he is still on contract. Chris Pratt obviously still has several more. They Thor should appear in Guardians 3 and Thor 4. And it looks like Star-Lord uh, will be in other MCU movies after the Guardians trilogy ends. Nothing about the other characters in Guardians of the Galaxy, just so far Star-Lord. So that's interesting to me, too. Uh, and then we have this giant list of titles for, for the next chapter. Here we go. I'm excited about many of these. Spider-Man Far From Home. Obviously, we know about Mysterio. Uh, we have a, um, a little bit of a reveal that, again, Oscorp is, has purchased Stark Tower. This is big with the Elementals. Um, Black Widow is the next movie after that. Florence Pugh is introduced as Yelena Belova, the new Black Widow. Uh, so we have a new actress. Uh, the Eternals. Richard Madden is playing the main character Icarus, the Eternals 
will be pivotal to cosmic MCU as they continue to invest in space. So that's good. Here's one that I would like your comment on. Black Panther 2. Killmonger will appear in the spiritual plane. Queen Divine Justice will be featured. Movie will be political. Killmonger in the spiritual plane. So I read this and I was initially disappointed uh, because I feel like that movie had such a sweet and beautiful ending. Uh, and uh, and that character of Killmonger, um, you know, I, I think it just needed to end where it ended. So uh, obviously a lot we don't know. Killmonger could be in the spiritual plane for 35 seconds in Black Panther 2. But uh, that was my initial response. Do you guys care about that? Well, I think it makes perfect sense in context of the story. I'm mean, All of the ancestors are in the spiritual mm-hmm. plane. We've seen them all. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, a great... A uh, great idea, actually. And what it doesn't tell us is, you know, is he just, you know, is is he a, a central character somehow in the spiritual plane? Spiritual plane su- suddenly becomes well, uh, and more we know than just an advice plane. We know they're very much uh, kind of, you know, two sides of, sides of the same coin. So, you know, it could be very much kind of like Yoda and Obi-Wan, except this is somebody who's kind of, you know, pushing uh, T'Challa, mm-hmm. in, you know, with kind of uh, psychological games and stuff in there. So I, I, don't, I think it could, could be, really be really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi, and this is one that we've, we, here's one we've talked about a lot over the last six months. The Mandarin is rumored to be introduced as Shang-Chi's father in this movie. Uh, so here we go. We might finally get that, our legit Mandarin. Guy Pierce? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That will be interesting to see what comes of that. Uh, Doctor Strange 2. Uh, Lord Nightmare will be the villain. Mordo will be a complex, sympathetic antagonist like Loki. Uh, Clea and Brother Voodoo will be featured. Asian actresses eyed for Clea. Parts of the movie will be set in the 1980s. Mm. All right. I'm sort of done with the 80s period superhero movies. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The one that's been done (laughs) that did it in for you? I think it's safe to say (laughs) I was done like... In the first 20 minutes of that, I'm just, I, you know, I was there. And, you were done with the yeah. 80s when, they, when the, the 90s started. started. <laughs> when the 90s started, right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the high evolutionary will be the main villain and Rocket's creator. Rocket will fall in love with another of the high evolutionary's experiments, Lila. Drax will find out that his daughter is still alive. What? Star-Lord and Nebula become closer as they search for Gamora. Thor will be in the movie and meet Beta Ray Bill, who might be another of the High Evolutionary's experiments. Quasar and Adam Warlock were also rumored to appear. And Zac Efron is reportedly eyed for Adam Warlock. Interesting. Lots of uh, little spoilery things. Who knows if those are going to come true, but that's very exciting. Uh, Loki anthology chronicling how Loki shaped human historical events. That's a TV show. Okay. Uh, And the same with, uh, yeah, these are all... You're right. All of these next four are the TV shows. Uh, Hawkeye has to come out of retirement again when troublemaker Kate Bishop begins running around claiming to be the new Hawkeye and gets into trouble with the mob. I'm very excited about that. Supernatural mobster The Hood and Hawkeye's evil brother Trickshot might just appear. Very exciting. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Bucky have to work together with new government-sanctioned Captain America to stop terrorists. Uh, from destroying the United Nations. New Cap eventually goes psycho and they have to stop him. Seems like it'll lead to Sam becoming the new Cap after all. Well, that's interesting. Uh, 
I like it when they say things like New Cap eventually goes psycho. I'm sure that was in the treatment. Uh, WandaVision. Vision gets rebuilt. Wanda tries to give him a soul and instead gets possessed by a dark force. Allegedly, it's more of a psychological thriller with a 1950s aesthetic. Wanda and Vision end up living in the suburbs where the neighborhood is racist against Wanda's robosexuality. I'm sure that was in the treatment, too. Mm. <laughs> the witch Agatha Harkness might appear. And that is all of the news. Peter Wright. Yes. You trust the internet you trust stuff that's on reddit that comes from 4chan no i'm not buying any of this you you there was some credible stuff but then you get to the no the robosexuality and no yep. no no this no the, i i call <laughs> fooey on this no the, this is fan fiction this is i don't think this is actual Well, I'm just saying this is what's reported. I'm sharing the news and it's it's actually uh, it's there is enough sort of credible thread in here to start. That's what they do. Right. They give you something that's credible and they lure you in. And then it's uh, then by the end, you feel like you have to believe it. That's how fake news develops, Steve. That's why I'm susceptible to it. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. As soon as some of these things we, start we playing, to, uh, start playing together, Richard Madden, uh, yes. Florence Pugh, yeah, uh, like all of those little pieces are going to start falling into place very, very quickly. Oh yeah. So we will. See. I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of bits of information in there that have been reported in yeah. a lot of other places, sure, a lot yeah, of magazines yeah. and stuff. So yes. I mean, yeah, the rumors are yeah. flying around, and you, I mean, you know, these casting decisions and stuff. I'm sure that they're real. I, I just don't know the you know the exactly what the story content is with some of these. Right. Well, but and still, the idea that they're going to yeah. start weaving in some characters that we've seen a long time. I am. I think I'm probably most curious about the Mandarin. How are they going to make that? Uh, fly in the mcu new canon given what we already know about what they did to the mandarin story. yeah, yeah. Well, and i i don't right. i haven't seen that anywhere else in relation to shang chi so that's something yeah. that i wonder a little bit about as far as its there you credibility go. Could but, be fake news yeah, could but be. it could be very real and yeah. i think shang chi is rumored to be raunchy as is wandavision <laughs> falcon and winter soldier is just crass <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, no, no, you, you didn't mention Captain Marvel 2. Um, that's something right, else that that was, there that's already been yeah. in the works. Yeah. So we'll see lots of stuff. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to kind of all of it. It'll be it'll be fun to yeah. visit all of that as it starts rolling out and, uh, you know, making uh, some people happy and some people rolling their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Me? Yeah. I didn't say, I wasn't talking about, about you, but there are certain there are yeah, plenty of people in the world who are like, oh, more Marvel. Oh, don't yeah. we have enough superhero movies? Oh, no, we don't. We absolutely don't. No, <clears throat> no, no. I, I'm not rolling my eyes about more Marvel. I'm rolling my eyes about you know fictional Killmonger and spiritual planes and all of that. There was a speaking of Marvel news and people being sick of Marvel and all that. There was an interesting article over on the Atlantic about. Uh, Jessica Jones season three, and they sort of tracked the whole Marvel Netflix um, deal and, you know, what that did for Netflix um, and how that thing sort of slowly fell apart. And what I found interesting was the, uh, the showrunner on Jessica Jones actually 
had decided season three was going to be her last and had just told everybody that, you know, she was going to be stepping down after that season and was looking to find a replacement. And then they canceled. (laughs) So she said, I put all my crew through all this stress and anxiety and then they canceled the canceled it you know so they they did do they do have season three but that's you know as we know that's the end of it but it was it's an interesting article worth reading in terms of just looking at where netflix was at that point when that started and now where they are now in terms of original content because at the time this was a really big deal they didn't have they didn't have that many shows now it's like netflix is pushing out new content left and right but this was the big the big ordeal of you know something new that we had not seen before and now it looks like they're but hulu's the next one where where netflix is sort of infiltrating and producing original content but it was an interesting uh article worth a read if you're interested in reflecting back on those early days of the you know netflix Something I don't like that Netflix does is uh, they they basically have created a model where they prefer quantity of of shows like quantity of content rather than than the, the quality like allowing a show to kind of continue. They are perfectly content running a show for just a couple seasons and then canceling it just so they can have more variety of content because the more variety they have, the more people they can draw in. Um, but then they're not giving these shows the chance to kind of continue and develop into something that could have a nice long run. It's, it's an odd model and it's kind of frustrating because they, you know, they see these, they see the opportunity in just having more shows rather than allowing the shows to run longer. I find that kind of frustrating. Well, I, I I sort of like some of the short. short I don't I mind like it if it's designed like that way, one, but I don't two. like it if people right, have this true, big vision true. of like, oh, let's do this big, you know, big story uh, arc, yeah. and then Netflix is after a couple of seasons, they're like, okay, we're going to stop this one. It's like, uh, yeah, very frustrating. Well, it's very frustrating. It happens everywhere. It happens on, you know, network TV as well. Well, but it's more of a model that Netflix has taken on um, very quickly because of the fact that that's their whole design is, you know, they need to appeal to more and more people. And so they're like, well, if we just, if we, you know, let's get some Marvel, let's get some horror, let's get some documentary, let's get some of this, Mm -hmm. let's get some of that. And they just kind of, you know, flesh out their, um, their variety of shows, their content, just so they can have the variety. And then they just, they don't continue. Yeah, well, it. it's, you know, I just find it frustrating. Yeah. Well, they've got to be all things to all people yeah. because that's, <clears throat> that's their business model. If they don't bring in new audiences, they're, yeah, they're, they're revenue flat. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I think we should do trailers, but first I have to say for those who remember uh, our, that classic next real episode uh, where we took on Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet. You remember that? Zeffirelli, the king is dead. Uh, passed at what? age 96, five hours ago in his home oh. in Rome. Uh, so controversial uh, theater, opera and film director died peacefully. And uh, there you go. Hmm. Thoughts are with thoughts are with his family. Indeed. All right. Let's do trailers. Let's I think do are we, this is we have no rules. Therefore, there the, are no rules. There are no rules. Therefore, <laughs> order of post reigns. Mm. I think that means Steve. 
Oh, that does mean that does mean me. Okay. Oh, well, I'm getting my document open with my You don't even have I the document do. open? <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing. I have a running log of going back to my first sat map with you guys, which was I don't I don't have a date on that first entry, but oh, it looks like it was September several years ago. So it's it's a 45-page Google Drive, Google Doc that, you know, takes a little while to load because I Chronicle, I put in your lists and everything. This is where I got to go get my, you know, trailer picks. I, I pull out of this as well sometimes. So, all right, here it all is. Right. All right, here we are. What are we doing? We're talking about the trailer. We're talking about <laughs> the anticipation is killing me, Steve. You're about it to is. lose your first uh, well, first going right. opportunity. <laughs> you just, you just, you just watch. Both of you just watched this like what. 30 minutes ago? Okay. <laughs> this is after the wedding. Now, what's interesting about this, because I think Andy mentioned, I think this trailer got mentioned somewhere on Discord, and Andy said, oh, no, but I I have heard about the movie that it's based on. You know, it's an original foreign film, so this is possibly a trailer rewind double feature comparison episode, uh, but this is after the wedding. Uh, Bart Freundlich is a writer director who started with a film that got a lot of attention back in the like late nineties, the myth of the fingerprints um, and struggled for 20 years to build on that success. And looking at his, you know, the films he's done, I'm guessing it's sticking with only directing things that he has written. So here's something I'm hoping that will be more successful for him because it's an adaptation of a film written by Suzanne beer. So it's, a thriller mystery. It's got so much stuff in it that looks like my type of thing where we've got someone trying to get fundraising for an orphanage, Michelle Williams, and she shows up and is at a wedding and there's people she knows there, sort of an unexpected, possibly, you know, running across an old friend. But there's buried secrets. There's some hidden relationships. There's something going on here that I'm looking at you know, how does this all play out in this film? Great cast. I'm very excited about this one. Um, that's that's what, you know, drew me to this is, you know, the cast and this a nice trailer that doesn't tell me everything that's going on. And so I'm very excited about this one. Uh, Going to be hitting theaters August 9th, 2019. And I'm very optimistic and hopeful for this one. What did you guys think? I haven't heard of anything uh, the, about either of these. So I watched this trailer completely uh, new to it. And one, Billy Crudup really does look great. Like they call it out in the trailer about what a good looking man he is. <laughs> the dude's aging well, let's just say. Uh, yes. Especially because we just watched your favorite film, uh, uh, Almost Famous, uh, where he was also uh, <sighs> handsome and long-haired. And uh, so that was delightful. Um, this is one of those movies where I expected it to be, oh, you know, we were going to... Uh, we were going to go out, but you never called. And it was going to be a, yeah. a dumb. And it... There is nothing in the way this trailer wraps up that indicates that that is the storyline. This is there is some serious drama going on uh, in this mystery, and I'm here for it. I think it looks uh, I think it looks great. But to your point, uh, I am now very interested in the original film. Mads Mikkelsen in the original. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm in both of these. I'm going to I'm, I'm setting up for a double feature. 
Yeah, yes. I've been um, kind of going back and rewatch or watching uh, some of the films nominated for best uh, foreign language film at the Oscars because there's a lot of really good stuff out there, and I've totally missed it. This is one of those. It's so it's been on my radar for a while now as something that I've been um, hoping to watch soon. I just haven't quite gotten around to it. And then I saw that they were remaking it, and I'm like, oh wow, I really need to watch this soon because. It just, I, yeah, I, I think it looks um, just like a really interesting, complex uh, story, and I'm very curious about it. Obviously, it's uh, other people thought so too because they have now remade it. So uh, it's definitely something I'm going to check out, and hopefully soon. So maybe it'll be a, a this should be a, a double feature series at some point. Uh, Pete, some you know, foreign films yeah. and their um, English language remakes. English yeah. language remakes, yeah, agree. Be interesting. Of course, there could also be some terrible ones that we're watching. Why did they? Why did they remake oh, this? There's plenty. Uh, yes. Yeah, so why did they ruin it? Oh, there's a, a long list of those that I could give you. Yes. We'll kick it off with, uh, with the vanishing. <laughs> yes, and you can. You can. Yeah, you can follow it up then with uh, what is it? Nikita and Point of No Return. Yeah. Oh, I'm you there for that. Throw that in there as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, All we're right, done Andy, with what's your trailer? I am uh, I, I'm very interested and excited about this one. It is the uh, the cinematic adaptation of Stephen King's novel, Dr. Sleep, the sequel that he wrote to The Shining. I knew that he wrote this. I actually have the uh, the audiobook. It's been sitting around waiting for me to listen to it. I just haven't yet. I think that this is going to be the impetus to get me to listen now because uh, watching this trailer, I was very, uh, I was very excited. I was very confused. A lot of things went through my head as I watched this trailer. I think it looks great. I think that it just has this really creepy vibe to it. This is, uh, you know, now we have Ewan McGregor as the grown-up Danny, now going by Dan, um, and uh, in this uh, in this film, that's kind of this this follow-up to kind of what has gone on with him since. All the horrible stuff happened at the Overlook back when he was a child. Uh, this film, what confuses me about it is I know that Stephen King was not a fan of what Stanley Kubrick did with uh, with his uh, book when he adapted it. And he was very much behind the TV movie adaptation that happened in the 90s that I think was just... Uh, just a giant mess. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say it's a giant mess. It it was a TV movie quality. And then that's, I think, one of the most unfortunate things is that just it had a very TV movie feel to it. The most unfortunate part of that whole film for me was the casting of Danny. It, that child actor was just really not a good actor. And it just really, um, I struggled with that. Um but so so Stephen King, he he was behind that one and uh, really kind of uh, tried to make it as uh, closer an adaptation to his original novel. And, uh, you know, I think to that end, he succeeded. It was what this is. It actually looks like and it's Warner Brothers behind this, like it was with the original. It looks like they are doing kind of a direct sequel to the original. At least they're showing uh, clips of it in the trailer that make it seem like uh, it really is kind of a sequel to The Shining. And I don't know how Stephen King feels about that. Like, I'm like, was that his intention? I'm really surprised. Or are they, they're only kind of hinting at certain elements of the original Shining? I don't know. Um, regardless, I think it looks 
like a really interesting film. And, you know, Stephen King's cinematic adaptations can be pretty crappy sometimes. But I, I think that there are some that they've done really well. And, uh, you know, I don't know. This is one I hope that uh, works really well. I hope it works in context of the original Shining, because I think that Kubrick did a great job with it, even if King doesn't think so. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I I just hope that this one doesn't turn into something that just is not that interesting. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. What do you guys think of this trailer? I was excited by the trailer, and then I saw that Akiva Goldsman is a producer on it, and I just rolled my eyes, and I thought, everything he uh, everything he touches turns poopy. It just does. And so, but he didn't write it. I, you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm hoping it's just a distant association with it, because I am really intrigued by this, you know, as you said, pulling in the, the footage from, you know, this Kubrick's The Shining, which again it reminded me of Ready Player One. It just—it's an iconic movie, and so if you're going to do a sequel, you you have to know that that's a touchstone for you know for people when you talk about The Shining and that character. Whether you know people may not have read the book, but they know those scenes from the movie. So I think that's something that may have been a difficult decision, but you have to consider that's what your audience is expecting walking into this. It's the kid from The Shining, that Jack Nicholson movie, and now he's all grown up. But I, I haven't read the book, but now this is one where I thought this is, it's an interesting, Stephen King doesn't do a lot of like sequels. I mean, he does a, a series, but this, you know, the fact that there's such a large gap in time between the two, uh, the two novels, I'm intrigued with what he, what extra story he wanted to tell with this character. What did he want to do? So I'm very much intrigued by this. So I've got to get some summer reading to do. Here. I, so the 1980 film uh, was remade by Stephen King in 1997. So my hunch is that a skeleton Stephen King is going to give us a television miniseries of Dr. Sleep in 2036. <laughs> so uh, be ready for that. I, this is the thing that makes me nervous, uh, which is Mike Flanagan talking about all of this. These here, this is what he says. Uh, he says that Dr. Sleep will, quote, acknowledge Kubrick's The Shining in some way, that it is an adaptation of the novel Dr. Sleep, which is Stephen King's sequel to his novel The Shining, but this also exists very much in the same cinematic universe that Kubrick established in his adaptation of The Shining. And working with all these sources, he says, reconciling all these at times very different sources has been kind of the most challenging and uh, thrilling, thrilling part of this creatively for us. Emphasis mine. I, uh, that makes me nervous that there's just a lot he's trying to do to, to uh, be deferential to all of these different you know, contributing sources. And I don't know that that always makes for a, a great result in, in a property that is, for lack of a better word, beloved. Well, I mean, I, what I like about that is he's actually having conversations with King as he's going through and, and kind of working on how to adapt this. So I think that there's something to that that I think is a strength that that yeah, yeah. might, you know, because I mean, honestly, sometimes Stephen King's own decisions in his properties, uh, it doesn't always 
work out for the best um, when they're going uh, into the, um, theaters. And so I think that sometimes outside, uh, you know, out, an outside approach can help. And so, you know, I, I'm really curious about this and I don't know, I guess we'll find out in October. This is uh, going to be a, a fun Halloween release uh, for most of the world, October 30th here in the States. It opens November 8th, a week later. Uh, my trailer this morning is Official Secrets which is uh, an American-British political thriller. It's directed by Gavin Hood. Stars Kira Knightley, Matt Smith, Matthew Good, uh, Adam Barkey, and Ray Fiennes. And it is the sto- true story of Catherine Gunn, who is a former uh, British translator. She's not former British. She's a British former translator uh, for the Government Communications Headquarters, uh, British Intelligence Agency. And she leaks top secret information to the press, concealing illegal activities by the U.S. and their push for the war. Uh, why is it, you guys, that I can't think of the name of the other movie that it wasn't? What was it? I want to call it Newman. The Oliver Stone movie Newman <laughs> that we did on the show. What was that called? <laughs> Uh, the, uh, uh, you said Newman. I know. Now you're, you're bored. You do that. What was it called? Steve, come on. You got it on the tip of your tongue. The computer guy, the computer guy with, oh, my name is the computer guy and I'm going to sneak secrets in a Rubik's cube. Snowden. Snowden. Yes. I I prefer to call it Newman Newman. from now on. (laughs) Newman, give me that Rubik's cube. Okay, so that's what this uh, is. It's essentially uh, uh, the British side of uh, the patriot who leaks information to the press in order to, uh, you know, tell the truth, do good deed, prevent a war. Uh, And we sort of know how that went. But the story, I, I think the trailer actually looks pretty good. It is predictable insofar as it's a true story and we know how it turns out. But I do, I think the performances in that are showcased in the trailer look interesting. I think uh, it's always nice to see Kira Knightley um, not in something related to uh, pirates. I'm glad she's moved on from that part of her career. And uh, Ray Fiennes is, uh, you know, he's he's the the statesman now. He's in he's he's puts on the British suit and and uh, I like seeing him in these roles too. So uh, I I think it's uh, it looks really good, and I hope that it hits you guys better than my trailer did last week. You could argue she's a pirate, Pete. Andy, look what you did. Oh, well played. I, uh, I This looks thrilling. Uh, I hadn't heard about her story. And so, especially with this cast, I mean, it's a fantastic cast. What's interesting is that they had already planned on making this like three years ago with Harrison Ford, Anthony Hopkins, Paul Bettany, Natalie Dormer, and Martin Freeman. Uh, very, and Jillian Anderson. So uh, yeah. uh, very, uh, very interesting cast um it never ended up happening and uh but this one i think also has a great cast and looks like a really interesting story i am very excited about it i want to uh learn more about this story and and gavin hood i think has directed you know some things that i haven't been a fan of uh you know i wasn't huge on ender's game or 
X-Men Origins Wolverine, but I heard nothing but good things about <laughs> Eye in the Sky. I just haven't gotten around to seeing that before. And of course, you know, Sotsi, uh, he won an Oscar for that one. So I think that there is uh, there is opportunity that this could be something really interesting, especially in context of films like Eye in the Sky that he directed that it kind of fits in the same vein as this one, kind of that political thriller. So uh, I, I don't know, it could be a really interesting one. I'm I'm very curious. Yes, I'm I'm excited about this being a potential trailer rewind because I don't know how big this is going to hit theaters, but it's a story that I, I love stories like this where we're just far enough past events that we can go back and start telling stories and there's more information that's sort of trickled out that because it wasn't in the headlines, people have forgotten or weren't paying attention to. So I'm always intrigued by sort of re- revisiting recent history and, and telling those stories. Very exciting. Oh, I'm so glad yes. to hear that. I, I feel like this is a redemptive yes. trailer pick for me. Yes, it uh, is. August 23rd in the U.S. it opens. Uh, and then, let's see, U.K., October, 9, October 18th, 2019, uh, with Greece, Russia, the Netherlands in there, but no other uh, international release dates uh, in the work so far. Nothing for, let's see, Australia? No. Probably sometime around there, but just not listed on IMDb. So that's what we have. Let's talk about lava. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This week we're talking about Stromboli on the main show. And, you know, with that, uh, we put the vote out there. And uh, for the list, people really wanted to hear us talk about active volcanoes. What what I really have, am finding that I, I love about these lists that people are picking, Pete, is you now have taken it upon yourself to start watching more <laughs> films that just so you can kind of have more options to talk about. I think well, that's <laughs> if nothing else, that is a great uh, a great result of these sat mat lists. I yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Andy. That has been the most exciting part, except for the fact that, my God, I'm staying up too late on Friday night, you guys. This yes. is awful. I like know, Our day you... ends, and at 10 o'clock, I start watching a stupid volcano movie. Uh, I'm exhausted <laughs> for these recording sessions, but uh, sometimes you find gems, as I feel like I did this week. So uh, I, I believe it is. I hope it's not a steal, because I watched the damn thing, and I'm going third this week, so so that makes me super nervous, uh, but especially so, so I, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Steve, I think the bidding begins with you. Yes, it does. And it took me a while and I, I had to do some searching and, you know, to find because only a couple things came to mind. But then as I spent a little bit more time, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's there are volcanoes in these movies. Um, but I I'm going to. It sounds like you're getting your own rule now of like when there's a list, Pete has to watch a new movie. So I'm going to, you know, do my list, which is I'm a, I'm going to include an old show always whenever I can. Um, what, but this one is hilarious, Pete, the because Steve corollary. Yes, exactly. Because I love pointing people towards the old shows. And this is an old, old show. And I went back and listened to the Joe versus the volcano episode. You guys, there we go. Oh, oh my gosh. You start that show, Pete, talking about how you're so excited because you're starting to watch this show, Game of Thrones. And then you talk about the oatmeal. You talk about the oatmeal cartoon about, you know, you can't get the Game of Thrones. Then then you start talking about how you're excited that Apple TV has updated to 1080p up from 720. Wow. 
<laughs> yes, that's how long ago this was. Oh, this my was, goodness. There, there was no theme song. There was no flick charting or profit per finished minute or any of that stuff. But in the next episode, because it just went and started the next episode, Andy starts off on this whole crazy rant about cost of a movie per finished minute because of you guys had mentioned you had, you had mentioned Cat in the Hat and then I said hey did you guys know that movie cost more per minute to make and then Andy like went in research mode and had a list of like fifty movies and how much they they actually cost per finished minute to make and would and it was tangled tangled I was like, oh yes. my. I was just, it was a nice little like nostalgia road there. Um, wow. But it was great hearing you guys talk about Joe versus the volcano and how much you love that movie. Cause it's, it's ultimately quotable in our house. And for people that haven't seen it or are new listeners and haven't heard that show, which is episode 25, you guys, Holy episode cow. 25. <laughs> yes. Go back and listen to that one. Um, it's, it's a young Pete and Andy starting off with, yeah. you know, with, uh, movies we like. Uh, but I, when we do volcanoes, I can't not talk about Joe versus the volcano. Wow. What a trip. Yes. <laughs> but it's hilarious that you talk about Game of Thrones and that just today you were like, starting with my daughter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how old was she in 2012 when you started watching Game of Thrones? Well, she's 17 now. So, so she was at what, 10? 10, yeah. I 10? didn't start. Let's yeah. say, the way you put that, it sounds like I started watching Game of Thrones with her when she was 10. <laughs> no, Let me assure no. you, please you did not. don't call <laughs> House and Human Services. No, you started watching on your own. And yes. now, seven years later, you're sitting down with her to start it. Yeah. What's a circle <laughs> of life? Well, I'm glad Joe is on the list, even if it yeah. is something we've talked about on the show. But anytime yes. we get to talk about that movie and direct more people to it is a good thing. Because yeah. everybody really should see that movie because it's so good. It's so good. And it's, I mean, it's a volcano in the title. Of course, it's a yes. perfect one for this because <laughs> it's just, it's so good. <laughs> All right. Well, for my first one, I am jumping back a little bit to a film that I watched as a kid and just endlessly uh, would revisit because I had such a fun time with the giant mutated animals, with the, you know, the submarine, with everything going on in The Mysterious Island, Cy Enfield's film from 1961 based on Jules Verne's uh, novel that's, uh, you know, kind of a sequel to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, as they eventually find out when we find Nemo on this island. The movie is about some some uh, prisoners in a Civil War camp who escape in a hot air balloon, get caught in a big storm, and then land on a uh, the the titled island, the mysterious island. They find all these giant animals and all this stuff and slowly and eventually Nemo and everything. And they it's it's such a fun movie. And of course, the island is a volcano. And of course, it's being it's erupting and causing all sorts of issues and and they have to escape. Um, it's uh, the great thing about it is uh, the fantastic Ray Harryhausen work with all the giant animals, the giant crabs and dodo birds and everything else it's such a fun movie um it's a little slow paced i tried watching with my kids they were a little bored by it but i i don't know i think just for me um revisiting it as a film i still just uh, it brings back a lot of memories from my youth i just really enjoyed that film so my first pick mysterious island i want to watch this again immediately ah, so fun oh so fun kids they what do they know nothing <laughs> <laughs> all right pete 
Okay, so I'm going to open with this just in case it's a steal, even though of the okay. three that I have picked this week, uh, this is not my number one. And that is The Devil at Four O'Clock. The Devil at Four O'Clock. You guys, if you had told me that Spencer Tracy and Frank Sinatra starred together in a Mervyn Leroy movie, a Mervyn Leroy movie uh, about a volcano, I would have slapped you in the face. Of course they didn't. That's that's ridiculous. Why would they have done that? And it turns out you would be totally, totally right. This is one of it's one of Leroy's uh, later movies. I think he's he's it's uh, probably five more, six more. It looks like until the end of his uh, directing career. Uh, Devil at four o'clock. Spencer Tracy plays a drunk priest and. And he is the sort of, uh, um, I, I don't know, we'll say commissioner, the adopted commissioner of a leper colony on an island. They chose to build the leper colony literally on a volcano. Like there was no forethought uh, about this act of volcano. It's a smoking and they say, let's put the lepers on a volcano. Uh, and uh, so that's the the premise. And then we have this sort of um, uh, we're no angels thing where Frank Sinatra plays one of three uh, wonderful, you know, felons who are flown into this island for a stopover. uh, And uh, they're sort of they start as kind of the comedic uh, um, outlet for the film. And they're just fantastic. They put them to work. The volcano goes crazy and uh, it ends in one of the most rewarding and kind of heart wrenching speeches uh, of of Spencer Tracy praying to God uh, on this volcano. And it's just weirdly satisfying. It's wildly satisfying. I had so much more fun with this movie, probably because I just didn't expect it. Um, so it, Devil at Four O'Clock, it, it's it's great. You got to see this movie. Now, the volcano effects is why we show up for these things, right? And this movie, they commit to the volcano effects and the miniatures, and they blow stuff up, man. You stay to the very last frame because this island does not fare well. Just saying, does not fare well. Devil at 4 o'clock, 1961. The people okay. who live on Stromboli probably should watch that yeah. and go, you know, they I'm should okay have watched this. Could it, d- yeah, do that. They, <laughs> they should have seen this coming. Uh, it is prophetic. You guys haven't seen it, please? No. 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 So no, worth it. Whole thing's on YouTube. The way you described it, though, I... I could not have been surprised if in the late 90s, early 2000s, Con Air 2, The Devil at 4 o'clock, would have been in theaters. <laughs> got Nicolas Cage, got to save the, save the kids from the island and, you know. <laughs> the leper got, kids. It's got to be the leper, leper kids. kids. Yes, exactly. Well, we might have to update it. It might have to be something else. You know? <laughs> yeah, because like, we're not allowed to say leper anymore. I'm measles. only saying that yes, in, enthusiastically <laughs> because they do in the movie. Kids with measles. <laughs> measles. Put the measles there colony on a volcano. <laughs> Yes, there we go. Oh, yes. Oh, man. All right, Steve. What's your second one? My second one. It was, I totally forgot there was a volcano in this movie. It's been forever since I've seen it. Probably at least 10 years. It's one I saw with my kids. And it was so much fun. And I haven't seen it since then. But this was back when Gerard Butler did like fun kids movies and has Jodie Foster in it and Abigail Breslin. Have either of you guys seen Nim's Island? I have and I loved it. No. Yes. I totally yeah, forgot about it's the one, volcano. It was a favorite of my, uh, my kids uh, yes. when they were little, my daughters when she's younger. 
because she's trying to chase the like tourists away by, you know, making them think it's a volcano and actually sets off a volcano. So yes, there is a volcano in this one, but Oh my, I remember having so much fun and it's just, my kids got older and I had no reason to revisit this, but I've had so much fun with this. If people haven't seen it, I think it's, it's a, just such a fun family movie. It, it, uh, yeah. There we are. Nims Island. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it, it's a nice story, the way that it unfolds and everything. There's some, there's yes. some good stuff going on in it. I really enjoyed the characters and um, yeah, I haven't revisited it in a while either. Cause my daughter, it kind of fell out of favor with her yeah. as well. And so yeah. it just hasn't played in our house, but um, you know, it's, it's a, it, there was some nice uh, magical moments with it. So yes, exactly. And there was, I discovered there was a sequel. I didn't know that. Yes, but then uh, with, you know, totally different yeah, cast. Sure, straight was, to video, uh, yeah. Yeah, straight to, uh, with um, Brandy Irwin, Steve Irwin's daughter. As, oh, okay. As the grown-up Nim in that one. So, gotcha. For those gotcha. with younger kids, might want to do a double feature. There yeah. you go. Well, sticking with the theme that I already started with Mysterious Island in the last, uh, my last pick, my second choice is, so I feel like I've talked about this before and I don't know, I don't, I have no idea what list I put this on, but um, <laughs> it's Journey 2. The mysterious that's island. A, that's a steal. <laughs> it's, it's a steal. It's I was almost going to do that, but too. I said, "I said, oh, Andy already did mysterious island. I'll sort of take that as a steal, and I'll go somewhere else." But then he just flat out steals journey to no. Oh, that's like a guilty pleasure. I it don't totally know. is. It's, it's yes. so much fun, and it's so much better than the first one. Oh man, I tell you, journey to the center of the earth uh, was. Uh, gosh, that film yeah. was really rough. I just did not connect with that one at all. As fun as Brendan Fraser can be. Yeah, this one, Journey Two, I had so much more fun with. It's it's uh, of course Dwayne Johnson, Michael Caine, Josh Hutcherson, Vanessa Hudgens, Luis Guzman is f- hilarious in his He's role. Hilarious! Oh my gosh! I yes. have just it's it's it really is kind of a guilty pleasure. It's a really fun one to watch with the kids, and it's fun the way that they've kind of created this this cinematic universe out of Jules Verne's novels and made them as if he was actually you know, exploring and had found these real places yes. and was kind of writing these books to kind of as, as guides to, to these actual things. And it's, it's just fun. I have so much fun with them and I really do hope that they get around to doing the third one, uh, the trip to the moon. I think it will be a really just a fun trilogy. Um, the first one being the rougher one, but I, I they're just fun. Brad Payton did it and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yes, there is a good old volcano that, uh, that does go off on this Island. So that's my final or my second pick uh, journey to the mysterious Island. Andy with the illustrious yeah. double steel, double steel. Mm. Mm. That is, that is a raunchy double star right there. And crass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, Pete. my my second pick. Um, I'm I started high, as I said, but the whole my whole approach was my favorite volcano effects, and uh, I really enjoyed the Devil at Four O'clock, 1961, blowing stuff up. So let's just start there. Where my second pick, I'm going with uh, volcano effects and incredible abs. This is not a good movie. <laughs> But the volcano effect is obscene. It is Pompeii, 2015, 
staying with the Game of Thrones themes that seems to be uh, uh, permeating <laughs> this entire thing stars Kit Harington. This is not a this is not a great uh, movie, uh, but it has some incredible blowing of stuff up. They talk about committing <laughs> to destroying a city with a volcano. This movie does it again. You know how it's going to end, but do you know? Who's going to burn up? Do you know who's going to get buried in ash? Have you seen that fantastic sequence when the uh, what's his name? Abacus. We'll call him Abacus. I don't even remember his name. Abacus Newman. He holds his fist up and says, for those of us about to die, we salute you to the oh. volcano. Oh, Come wow. on. <laughs> if that isn't a Michael Bay moment, I don't know what he is. And then he gets just pummeled by ash and uh, flaming boulders. This is a movie that I think it, it, it does an exceptional job of showcasing the artistry and the of, of the, the CG stuff. The smoke looks good. The fire looks good. It's exhilarating and, uh, and, and incredibly destructive. Where it goes bonkers is the water. The, the ocean stuff is, I find, completely unbelievable, which is... is uh, you know, ships flying into the city. It just doesn't, it, it, that part doesn't hold up. But if you want to see a great volcano, Pompeii's your place. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, that's, uh, that's what that it's movie's all name, about. People. It's, yes, <laughs> yes <Right>. it is. <laughs> all right, Steve, what's your uh, final pick? Okay. So I was trying to find, because I had Journey 2, I had Nymphs Island. It, we, there's always like volcanoes are like, Everybody's got to run away from them because it's like going to destroy everything. And I thought there's got to be a volcano movie where there's a volcano that's not like a natural disaster movie, right? Is there, there's got to be something where it's not, you know, we've got to escape from the volcano. It's how about we're going to the volcano purposefully to destroy a ring. Mm. Return of the King. There's a volcano because... That's where they got to go to destroy the ring. And I thought that it's the one thing that stood out. There's a volcano there, but it's not a natural disaster movie. There's so many out there. I had to do something different. And I checked. You guys haven't talked about this one. And it's been quite a time, quite a bit of time. It's in. And I had a feeling it wasn't going to be a steal because it's not the typical volcano movie you think of. That's my, my final pick. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. It's a steal. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. But that's okay because yeah. the one that I'm going to talk about instead, um, I uh, I think it should be on this list, and uh, I actually am surprised it hasn't come up yet because I think that uh, the volcano it's it's treated differently. Kind of well, Return of the King is kind of just a a very specific yeah a journey to it. This one, in a way, it kind of is a journey to a volcano kind of thing. But as we find out, the volcano is kind of a, its own kind of uh, ocean god that needs to be calmed down. And it's by Moana. And it's a really beautifully done Mm -hmm. uh, kind of sequence when Moana kind of confronts this uh, you know, I, I think, um, at the end of the film. And it's just, it's beautiful the way that the whole thing uh, kind of uh, happens as she kind of, I don't want to spoil the end of the movie, but it's, it's, it's this big confrontation there. And it's done in a way where it feels like you're kind of watching um, kind of a, a, 
Polynesian myth kind of take place on the screen. Like it sounds, it feels like this is kind of the way that they would talk about the story of a volcano and how it created an island and life sprang from it and all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's just done so beautifully and the way that the song hits and everything. Uh, it's a beautiful film. I really love Moana and anyone who hasn't seen it should check it out. It's just so well done. And weirdly, I now have kind of a, a odd thread connecting my movies because I've got Mysterious yeah. Island leading to Journey to Mysterious Island with Dwayne Johnson, who's in Moana. Hey, Moana. There you go. <laughs> there and you it's go. a steal. And oh. it's a steal. And a, a lot of stealing going on today. Yeah. It, it, I don't wow. know. Is that a sign of just like uh, absence of creative thinking? <laughs> I, I don't know. No. <laughs> or, uh, anyway, that my that leaves me diving into my uh, mm, my backup list, which is not satisfying. And I'll tell you where I went no. with this is this is where I actually started with my research on this particular thing. And it's going to it's a totally predictable pick. In fact, somebody in Discord already suggested, I'm sure this will be thrown in. Um, and, and it is it is volcano, the Tommy Lee Jones thing. There yes. isn't actually a volcano in the movie. It's the La Brea Tar Pits that starts erupting. And it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, so I don't remember a lot of details. The whole reason I'm picking this is because I read a fantastic, uh, one of those fantastic, like, link bait, click bait um, uh, articles, you know, that the internet has become yeah. famous for by a volcanologist who said, okay, this is where I'm going to lay it all out, where these movies get these things right, and started talking about, you know, the science, the kind of ash, the kind, you know, using all of the words and all of these movies that he just really loves and hates. And most of them he hates until he gets to Volcano. And he says, there is so much wrong with this movie. And it's my favorite of the entire bunch. So this is the, in celebration of the volcanologist pick, it is Tommy Lee Jones in Volcano. Um, it, it is better, he says, from the perspective of the science than Dante's Peak, which is uh, <laughs> which is just terrible. The thing hey, that he says is is the most wrong with Volcano. We're going to see people boiling in a hot tub in that one, though. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the thing that he says is so great about Volcano is that individually, all of the aspects of Volcano are, the scientific aspects are right. They would never occur all together like they do in this movie. And that's the thing that makes it absurd. But at least individually, they they threw in. It's like a boggle of all the scientific concepts around ash and lava and molten things. And um, and so I thought there's if there is a reason to celebrate the Tommy Lee Jones vehicle volcano, that's going to be it. So it's going to end up on my list. The volcanologist vote. That's hilarious. That is <laughs> what I All actually right. liked about that is just that the, I mean, it, the movie itself wasn't very good, as I recall. But I liked that it was like it seemed like okay, if if there's a rupture and and the the you know all these the earthquakes and everything shift just the right way it seemed like you know i that one felt a lot more believable weirdly yeah. which yes seems it's strange so, to me but it is weird that's exactly that's exactly the pick and that's that's i think what he's what he was getting at like trying to legitimately make a case that says you know what it could start this way you know what if it started this way this thing could happen it, it happens completely unbelievably in this movie but you know it's worth you know, thinking about it. it's a 50% yeah. fresh. Meh, that's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Awesome. All right. What are we doing right. this week? So we are, uh, we're looking at, uh, uh, Agatha Christie's murder on the Orient Express. 
So I, we've all seen at least one of those versions, if not both. So I, I feel like we should be able to come up with something for this week's list. I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like <laughs> I feel like we've done trains before. It seems like uh, we could certainly go that way. We've got murder. We've got Agatha Christie. We've got um, uh, multiple murderers. I don't know. What do you guys want to do? All of those things, uh, I think we're we're kind of. In, as I was thinking, like, well, we have to do trains. Something about trains. Uh, uh, oh We've done train movies before, and I have not seen any of them. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Steve. You need to get on the Pete bandwagon and just uh-huh. watch a bunch of train movies. Train all movies. Week. <laughs> see what's on YouTube. Watch these sketchy train movies. Yeah. Raunchy train movies. That's yes. that's going to be the the first. Oh, raunchy because are they can't crass. undress? They can't undress a child. We know that. <laughs> um okay so then wh- wh- i i think uh, <laughs> trains as like the setting for trains and murder i don't trains know and murder. is there an, <laughs> a, it, what's the agatha christie angle what were you getting out with that I don't know. Best I mean, Agatha Christie. I, just things? Agatha Christie. Could, yeah. You know, I, I yeah. would have to watch it a lot more oh. to actually feel like I can yeah. put that because mm-hmm. I think I've always seen one other Agatha okay. Christie movie. Uh, great cinematic stabbings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like that one. Let's put that on the list. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's going to be our list next week. All right. Yep. <laughs> Why are we even yep. continuing Why this charade? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I liked I liked the uh, the train angle, but I don't want to uh, bog Steve down if he hasn't seen enough. I know. Um, and we've done it before. We've done train movies. Well, what, the is there an Put angle to trains we haven't done? How about? Um, I feel like there's something where you know it's a group of strangers who who are thrust yeah. into a situation together that they have okay. to deal with. I, yes, I like that. Do you know that. what? That is going to be we need to call that strangers on a quote train train and you can okay. insert whatever you want whatever. in the There you go. Yes, yeah, strangers on a in quotes. Okay. Strangers on a boat, strangers in a car. Yes, I like that. Okay. And then cinematic stabbings and cinematic stabbings, the one we're going to be doing. Yes. And then one more detectives with fantastic mustaches. Oh, mustachioed <laughs> detectives. <laughs> or just have, we could just do great mustaches. <laughs> you could do great mustaches. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, Andy, you are in contention for next week's list. Okay. Cinematic stabbings. I don't know which one I would pick. <laughs> right. Is it the stabbings, the mustaches? What do we do? <laughs> Oh, God, that's so funny. Stabbed by a mustache. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, that's right. it. Were we, you not being serious? Because I'm done. I'm totally <laughs> serious. Great yeah. cinematic yeah. stabbings. Yeah. Strangers on a, insert your pick here, and yeah. great mustaches. Do you there know, I actually think there are nine different movies that involve all three of those things, and I'm going to find three of them. <laughs> okay. I love it. Well, the list is up in the Show Talk uh, channel, everybody. So head over there, get your vote in. We can't wait to find out what you really want to talk about. It's like Pete said, it's a tricky one. There's some fun options. So get your votes in. Get your votes in. All yes. right, everybody. Thank you uh, for hanging out with us this fine Saturday morning. It's uh, It's time for breakfast here. It's time for breakfast here, too. We're in the same time zone now, Pete. 
It's past breakfast time, you guys. Yeah. And he had breakfast, then saw, he had breakfast, saw a parade, and then came to record the show. That's how Mr. Nelson rolls. Did you, did you, I know you guys don't follow this, but I will just say, as a little addendum to all of this daylight saving stuff, Oregon passed uh, the permanent daylight savings uh, bill whatever that is. Oh, really? But it will only go into effect if California and Washington do it too. So it's what? the peer it's the peer pressure daylight savings <laughs> thing and it sucks cuz now we know that we want it but nobody else will do it unless yeah, it's terrible. So that's where we are. Can't wait to join you guys. Maybe. <laughs> That's not that's not peer pressure. That's the we really like this, but only if everybody else likes it too. <laughs> it's, I get you're right. It's the reverse peer pressure. What is that? It's, it's the codependence. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's the code. Anyway. Codependent legislation. Yes, yes that's there right. we go. That's right. Where does uh, Arizona so, fit in all this? I mean, in some way, I feel like we're still patient zero, even if it's a very slow process to actually get everybody on board with us. Just be patient. It's, it's not, it's not patient, patient zero. It's just, it's Arizona being stubborn of like, no, <laughs> we, we were actually patient 50. No, we, yeah. <laughs> Nobody can tell changed. us. What to, yes. Just, no one's going to tell us how to do <laughs> we're, things. We're progressive again. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, everybody have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for your support over at patreon.com slash the next reel. We uh, sure appreciate it. And, uh, you, you pay for uh, a production of this show. You pay for our time. You pay for our hosting. You pay for equipment. Thanks for participating and uh, hanging out with us. We sure appreciate it. Share the love. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya. Ando. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.